Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guests today are from Intermountain Healing Hearts, and their website is intermountainhealinghearts.org. President Alex Howard, Executive Director Christina Davis, and Vice President of Public Relations Jessica Christensen, welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. What is the organization? How did it start? Who started it? And why kind of your elevator speech? Huh? Yeah. So it was about 16 years ago now that IHH got started when about 12 families got together, uh, families that had children with heart d- defects and wanted to kind of figure out how we could best help each other and support one another in the same position we were in. So we actually met at a room up at Primary Children's Hospital and decided to set up a nonprofit organization and kind of went through all those hoops and learned a lot about how to set up a nonprofit and received a donation to help cover our startup cost that was very generous from an uncle of, of a child with a heart defect. And we got started from there. So we got our nonprofit status. And then just every year, we've grown and grown and grown. We're up to almost 1,600 families now mm-hmm. from that first 12. And we just really wanted to have a chance to offer support. And we decided on the name Intermountain Healing Hearts because we figured wherever we were on our journey, our hearts needed to heal. To, right. You know, whether that's going through surgery, waiting for surgery. Uh, a parent of a child that had passed away and they needed healing mm-hmm. in, in a different way or adults that are trying to live their life uh, in, and function with, with this heart heart disease and heart defect. And so it was just really kind of a, a good opportunity to come together and to serve. So we have an, a few board members, executive directors have been with, with uh, the organization from the very beginning. We kind of help maintain the legal side of things and give guidance to the the governing board that directs the day-to-day operations of the group. So it's kind of fun to see the turnover in the board. We have two-year board terms. Uh, mm. Our our uh, organization is 100% volunteer run. I think that's amazing. Which is great because then all of the donations go right to supporting the organization and the events we do. And so it's um, and the other good things we do, not just events. And so it's it's really neat that there are people year after year that are willing to volunteer their time and energy to helping other families in similar situations as their own. So for someone who's been there since the beginning, what does Intermountain Healing Hearts look like now that's different from what you envisioned maybe at the end of the first year? Sure. So at the end of the first year, I definitely knew everybody's names and what their kids' defects were. And um, we uh, were on like a Yahoo chat group and, <laughs> you know, some things that I don't think a lot of people are on or maybe even right. exist anymore. And so we going from that to just more and more families every year connecting and, and finding us uh, sometimes while they're in the hospital after they've gotten home or while they're just getting newly diagnosed and still pregnant with, with a child with congenital heart defect. Also, we have families that uh, develop childhood onset heart disease that we serve, so weren't born with anything wrong with their heart, but due to a virus or some sort mm. of illness, developed a problem with their heart. And so we're serving and, and helping those families as well. So mm. with almost 1,600 families, some families have more than one child with a heart defect or are a parent themselves with a heart defect and then have a child with a heart defect. Mm. Um, a bunch of different things. We're just diverse. The diversity in our group is is so much bigger and huger kind of cover a lot. If you want to connect with someone that may have the same or similar defect as your child, we can probably match you up mm. with someone because there's so many so many families 
that are there and to choose from. So I always like with nonprofits to find out how people came to the organization. I'm guessing that your stories are going to be a little different than most nonprofits I talk to. So maybe, Jessica, you could just talk about what's your background and, and what you brought you to the organization. Sure. So um, I had my daughter two and a half years ago. She, um, I found out when I was 20 weeks pregnant that she had um, congenital heart disease. And um, Primary Children's Hospital told me about Intermountain Healing Hearts. Um, I got in contact with one of the moms there and um, talked to her. Her son has a similar heart condition as mine. And so I had a good conversation with her just um, about what to expect. And then, um, you know, we went on our journey with my daughter's heart surgeries and um, process. And then I went to the Heart Walk um, that Intermountain Healing Hearts has um, every year. And then I decided I wanted to get more involved and applied to be on board, and I, I was accepted. <laughs> so. How about you, Alex? Lucky to have you. <laughs> uh, so kind of similar experience to Jessica here. We found out my son had a congenital heart defect at 20 weeks, uh, my wife's ultrasound. And, you know, you didn't know what to expect during that. You know, as a first-time parent, you're like, oh, this is going to be exciting. And then, you, you know, you get these, uh, that news that something's wrong with your, your kid's heart. And it just kind of threw us for a shock. And through Primary Children's Hospital, we found Intermountain Healing Hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in early 2017. And we've been able to, after my son was born, attend our first walk. Kind of like like Jessica here. I uh, was in Riverton. We attended the first walk and got to know uh, the, uh, the executive board mainly. There are a few guys there that we really connected with and, and enjoyed their company and just had that experience and then through in 2019 ish uh, my wife decided to join the board and she did her service for three term two one and a half terms uh, she did a full term and then took over of a half term and then I was uh, at a point where I was able to use my time to serve as a board so in uh, 2020 I became the VP of finance and served in that position and then have been president for this year. So it's been a great opportunity, you know, get to get to know everybody. And, and like Christina said, you get to know families based on their defects and how you have similarities with them. So. And, and for you, Christina? So mine story is different than these guys. Um, my uh, started off, my first exposure to congenital heart defects was my older sister's son was born um, with a congenital heart defect, and they were living back in Maryland, and I was here going to school in Utah. And um, he just had a really hard time. He ended up spending seven months in the ICU hmm. with a lot of complications. And we went back there to, to see him a, a couple times and, and meet him. And, and you know, he's in his 20s now. And, uh, you know, even though he started off real rough, things were had gotten better. Medical technology has improved over time. Um, he just had a, another heart surgery this last year up through primary children's, actually. They see even adults a lot of times because they are the specialists and can provide uh, yeah. the care there. Um, and But then when I was pregnant with my third child, we didn't know anything was wrong until he was born. And as soon as they, you know, cut the umbilical cord, they called in the team. Something was wrong. We were had him down in Utah County. By the time he was seven hours old, life lighted up to oh, primary wow. children's. And I was released from the hospital at the same time to drive up our, our van, my husband and I, with an empty car seat in the back, oh, not wow. knowing yeah. what was wrong. Um, they kind of said, it's either his heart or his lungs. We're, we're just not sure. And so when we arrived at primary children's, um, they were doing an echocardiogram. And I could hear them saying this word, transposition. And I didn't know what that was. And 
cardiologist came over and drew us a picture of his heart and the main two arteries were not didn't grow the way they were supposed to so basically he started to suffocate as soon as they cut that umbilical cord mm-hmm. and he stopped getting oxygenated blood to his body and so i remember calling my sister and she just cried because of her experience going through and knowing we were kind of in store for for something similar mm-hmm. um and so it, it was just kind of a, a whirlwind especially that the first first month for sure and then being home with him and worried about what to look for to know if he, you know they said you know if he gets bad bring him back and like well what am i watching for <laughs> what like, does bad what mean, bad yeah. mean? <laughs> and and stuff um but he just turned 16 he rides on our high school mountain bike team i mean you would never know awesome. from looking at him that anything's going on but he does have he's seen by the cardiologist every year he does have some le- electrical issues happening and some other areas they're watching for narrowing and different things that they just have to keep an eye on for the rest of his life so alex congenital heart disease covers a lot of different things what is congenital heart disease and maybe what isn't yeah so you know some common congenital heart defects um, we call them chds or congenital heart uh, disease are are the most common type of birth defects in in the united states affecting nearly one percent of about forty thousand births per year Uh, so that means nearly one in 100 Babies are born with a heart disease or heart defect in the U.S. each year. Um, present, you know, it's present at birth. You congenital heart defects include abnormalities in the heart structure, electrical system, and other abnormalities that abnormalities that affect function of the heart. And you know, with about twenty-five percent of those babies needing surgery right away, or in the short term after they're born. So congenital means at birth. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned, Christina, that you've kind of expanded beyond that now to maybe heart defects that happen later in life. So it, it's childhood onset heart okay. disease. Yeah. So they're not necessarily defects, but just A problems disease. that go wrong after after that. So of the congenital heart defects, there's about 35 different ones mm. that doctors have kind of named and pinpointed. But you can also have combinations of those that sure. form their own. So we've had families that... Uh, you know, it, we've had a hard time matching up uh, someone with the exact same thing, but primarily we can find stuff. But if you have a combination of five or six different oh, ones, yeah. maybe it's hard to find another family with those same five or six ones. And even if you find a family with the exact same thing, those their journeys might not be the same. Right, and right. So, and I hear yeah. you kind of interchanging disease and defect. What's the difference there? So disease is kind of the umbrella term. It kind of is the catch for the childhood onset or the congenital heart defect, present birth. I think a lot of parents like to use the word uh, defect so that the people recognize that it wasn't something like adult onset heart disease, which is a lot of times by lifestyle affect the heart. So when you say defect, it kind of helps us realize that that is something that that child didn't have control over right. and something that that they were just born with and, and had right away. But those two terms are used interchangeably, okay. and you'll see that across the board. And Jessica, I was looking at your website today, and you've got these pass-along cards on the website that I thought were pretty cool that's, that have statistics. And I love statistics, but I also hate statistics because they're, they're actual real people we're talking about. But I think right. statistics can give us a picture of what's going on. So maybe you could share some of those statistics. So um, about 25% of babies with CHD have a critical congenital heart disease, which means um, they will have, you know, open heart surgery 
as Alex said, within a couple of days of birth, my daughter had um, her open heart surgery at two days, and then she had um, another open heart surgery at six months old. Um, most causes of CHD are unknown. Um, only 15 to 20 percent of CHDs are related to genetic mm. conditions. Um, and even with improved treatments, people with CHD are not cured, even if the heart um, defect um, has been repaired. Um, so as Christi- uh, Christina mentioned, they'll you know, have lifelong um, monitoring, see the cardiologist, um, might you know, eventually have to go into surgery again, um, but you know, it never goes away. There's so, no cure where you're no cure, you're 100% yeah. and you're no longer at risk. Right. Yeah. yeah. Alex, um, what are some of the myths and misconceptions about CHD? Yeah, so uh, kind of as uh, Jessica mentioned here, they're not cured. Um, just because they've had surgery or interventions through whether it be cath lab or, or other ways they are able to, you know, help with the defects, you're not cured. Um, and they're not, you know, they're not sick all the time or they are able to, just because they have this, they're going to be affected. My guests today are from Intermountain Healing Hearts, President Alex Howard, Executive Director Christina Davis, and Vice President of Public Relations Jessica Christensen. So the website is intermountainhealinghearts.org, and it's Intermountain, so it's not just here in Utah. What Talk about the geography that you cover. Um, so we cover, we try to cover the same geographical areas, Primary Children's Hospital. Um, so um, we cover um, Idaho, My- Wyoming. Um, so we're doing some outreach programs, um, events in Idaho and St. George, trying to cover um, families and um, our membership there. Sure. So if there is a family listening and they have a, a someone with a, a CHD, um, they go to the website and they become a member, and that's free. Mm-hmm. What does that What does that membership entail? Once I'm a member, uh, so as you become a member, you you get access to the Facebook group, and that Facebook group offers a lot of support. It's where a lot of people go. It's a private Facebook group, so no, you know, people are not just the public's not going out there. Right. Like they have to be approved into the group, and you're able to ask questions in that group and. That's where I personally found a lot of healing at the first was in that group, was mm. in the Facebook group. And then, you know, it gives you access to certain events that are not public for that we put on mm. as, a, as a board. Uh, we do heart camp that you were able to go to and connect with families on a different level that, you know, you, you don't have distractions around you. You are there with people that have similarities to you and you're able to get to know somebody different and build relationships with somebody you would have never met, possibly never met in your lifetime if you didn't have this. And, you know, it also gives you just the ability to have a place to ask questions and not feel judged. I would would imagine when you're going through something difficult, finding out that other people are going through it too is the first step to to moving forward. And beyond that, there's financial support. Yeah. Absolutely. We do... um, other, like Alex mentioned, some activities that are exclusively for for Hart family members. So, like next month, we're going to a beast baseball game, which is really fun. And um, other events, like during the pandemic, we were doing online events because yeah. we missed being yeah. together. But our kids were some of the 
most um, population that had the most risk. Right. right? Yeah. And so we were very careful. So um, one month we or one week we sent everybody a gift card for crumble cookies to go get a four pack. <laughs> and then we at home judged how well we liked each of yeah. the flavors and voted on them and declared a winner. And that's something we've continued on with because it, uh, the families enjoyed it so much. Something they can do from home but still feel connected with the community and some things like that. But I mean, if you think about the expense involved with having a a child with a, a heart defect, uh, oh, yeah. know, open heart surgery, regular heart uh, visits with the cardiologist, the testing, the MRIs, the exercise tolerant tests, EKGs. Like, you know, if there's a year, I think there's been one year in our 16 years since our son's been born that we didn't reach our deductible. Oh, well. And we almost always then reach our out-of-pocket max, too. Yeah. And I remember in November saying to my husband, we haven't reached our deductible this much. And he's like, shush, what are you saying? <laughs> like, no, <Yeah. laughs> don't jinx us. Yeah. But there is a, a, a big financial financial issue and so we do offer some resources to help in that way with families too i remember years ago hearing about the camps you did and the kids comparing their zippers (laughs) can you explain what that is jessica um yeah so the zipper is you know their scar from their open heart surgery on their chest um and i mean one of the great things about heart camp and being a part of the community is um having other kids like your own yeah i just picture these kids comparing their scars and going hey it's not just me. Yeah. I feel like it's they're not judged there. Like they like when you go to school or you go to the swimming pool and you know my my boy You're takes his shirt off. Yeah. He I think he feels different. Yeah. He's only, you know, almost 6 and I still feel like he is judged when you know kids other kids look at him like what's that on your chest and not but just he goes kids to, yeah, other adults other, are kind yeah, of like oh, hey what's yeah. going on there yeah. so i mean people are curious oh, yeah. it might get a little weird if the adults start comparing scars yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um you have events uh that are like you mentioned for just members of, yeah. of of your group but you also have fundraising events and public events Absolutely. and you've got one coming up the golf course who wants to tackle golf yes Jessica, um, everybody yeah, pointed to Jessica. Yeah. She's the yeah, i'm in charge of the golf tournament this year um so we're really excited it's at stone stoned bridge um golf club um out in west valley city we're gonna have um breakfast for the golfers it's a four-person scramble and we'll do a luncheon and silent auction. The luncheon is open to anybody that wants to come hmm. public. Um, come do the luncheon, look at the silent auction items, and um, help support our organization. Um, we have a $25,000 hole-in-one contest hmm. um, prize. We have some other um, closest to the pin, longest drive prizes um, for the golfers. Um, and uh, we're just we're super excited about it. So it's on June 22nd. Um, and we'll start about 7 a.m. And um, please go to our website to register, and we hope you all can join us. If you go to intermountainhealinghearts.org, it's right there on the homepage, just uh, upcoming 2023 events, and you can click on that. What are some of the other annual events you do? Um, So we do a heart walk um, every year. That's in September, um, I believe September 9th. This year, yes. Um, It will be in Sandy, um, that's a great walk. Um, it's a walk. It's not like a, a few miles. Um, we walk around the park. Um, and that's a public fundraising event, yeah. too, where public. we also have a silent auction. Right. So um, we don't have registration open for that yet since we're a little early. But if you keep an eye on the website there, um, it's just a great opportunity for the community to come together and support these families. And it's our highest attended event. Mm. So, like, number-wise, um, you know, usually closer to 500 people there. Sometimes we've had more, but just really neat um, experience to, to see the families and the community supporting those families. And your yeah. support um, for these families goes beyond just the people that are living with CHD. 
Talk, who wants to talk about angel families? Uh, so the angel families, you know, is, is a it's a special group that was set aside for those that have lost their kids. Um, one of the executive board members lost her her kid. How when did she pass away? She's been gone for a long time, over twenty years. Yeah, About and years. that group is there to help support those that lost. Mm-hmm. It gives the families somewhere different to ask questions because you know sometimes they don't want to ask questions with the regular group and. And I think they feel uh, not – their opinion doesn't matter mm. because their kid has, has passed away. Mm. Um, but for those parents, uh, we offer – you know, they, they have that, a special group that they can go and meet with each other. And then they're able to – we go to dinner every year or we hold a special event just for those so they can be involved with each other. And I think that's a big part of it is just having that extra support in the group for something that is very hard to deal with. And we don't want to forget those no. yeah. those yeah, we, those children or, or teenagers or adults or whenever they've passed away because the things the doctors learn by treating those children have gone on to help save other oh, children. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so uh, at our walk every year we do something to honor the angel families, uh, either a butterfly release or some sort of memorial event. Those families, can, they can be recognized. They can bring mm-hmm. pictures of their children and share with us about their children that we can speak their names and remember that they aren't lost and they aren't forgotten, but they're remembered and they just have finished their their battle with congenital heart right. disease and, and has moved on. And so that's been, uh, th- those families are important to us and will always be, and they can offer some great support to the other families as well. I definitely agree with that. They're, they're a very special part of the group. Like at the walk, you know, or it, when they do their ceremony, it it's always touching. Like mm, you, sure. you watch the crowd and everybody's silent and you can tell that they're not forgotten because, you know, they're truly loved, even though they're still not, they're not here. And those angel families are invited to every event we have. It's not, they're never excluded. Once a heart family, always a heart family. And even if like, you know, if you're a heart family, if you see cardiologists, you're part of the heart world. So whether or not your child has had open heart surgery or not, you're you're still part of this club that no one wants to be part of. (laughs) Lucky us. (laughs) So we've, we've mentioned that there's no real cure, um, but what medical progress is being made recently around congenital heart disease. So what's wonderful is seeing year to year just the progress that that comes about. The new technology, there is a lot of heart procedures they're doing now in the cath lab instead of open mm. heart surgery. Even things like um, valve replacements, that's something my nephew had done just recently. And through the cath lab, which the recovery, you're spending the night at the hospital and going home the next day for the most part, yeah. um, mm-hmm. as opposed to open heart surgery where you're in the, the hospital recovering for a couple weeks and just the, the impact on your body from yeah. oh, from, yeah. from that is, is huge. So things like that. Um, also medical devices that used to just be made for adults, they're now making smaller and, mm. and child size. So there's actually um, a lot more adults children that were born with congenital heart defects living into adulthood than ever before and in fact they're estimating in the u.s now there's more adults than children living with congenital heart disease which is amazing to think about because the quantity the survivability of of having a chd has just improved every year in fact um I've heard the doctor say, we're not sure exactly what to do with this kid, but let's wait a few years and hope medical technology comes around just Mm, a little bit more so then we have more options with this child. And we have seen that true year after year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how my son is. Like, he had open heart surgery at four months, and they're like, all right, we'll just watch him. You know, eventually he has some other things. He's got a list of 
listed health issues, but it's let's watch him. You know, just those yearly or cardiology appointments that are very important to the health of the kids and and the adults that are living with it, and just the technology is so crazy and what you could do. It sounds like there's always something new coming. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. They're always trying to find something new. In fact, through Primary Children's, one thing IHH help funds is research grants mm. done here locally so that they can know how to better help our kids. And one that we contributed to this last year was a mental health aspect mm. of caring for these kids because you have to think the number of mental health issues in our society is increasing but now add a medical complication on that and these kids need to know how to deal with those stresses and 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 even siblings with a, a, a you know the sibling of a of, in a family that their their brother or sisters often hospitalized or going through that that child needs support sure yeah as well so it's really a whole family yeah. thing to look at so of course like any nonprofit money is the best thing people could do to support your organization but what other ways can people help um, so we're always looking for, you know, donations for like care packages for um, families that are in the hospital, children or families that are in the hospital. Um, a lot of our members um, are in the hospital for various different procedures or open heart surgery. And so we like to give care packages um, to them while they're in the hospital. What sort of items are you looking for? Um, I mean, it can be anything from like coloring books to, I mean, blankets to, mm. I mean, anything. Um, we'll take anything that somebody's willing to donate. <laughs> There's a list on our website. Oh, yeah, there is a list. That yeah, might help that too, help. But... Um, yeah. Um, gift baskets for auctions is always helpful. Um, do you have any? What about time? People time. Their time. Yeah. yeah. And one that, you know, is it's very easy to do. Top stop gas stations kind of throughout the valley have given the option to round up, like when you're buying oh, yeah. convenience snacks. So those little things help out. Like, you know, just a round up option is, is a great way to, you know, maybe a, a penny, but that penny can go a long ways for, for our organization. Yeah. I mean, your maximum donation is 99 cents. Yeah. Yeah. It adds up. Like yeah. it definitely helps those little, those little things help. Yeah. So. Yeah, um, Paradigm High School did a, their Penny Wars fundraiser for us this year. That was really helpful, um, and it was great to see how um, many of the kids got involved, and we're super excited about it. Yeah, that, that assembly, the the start, and I missed the end, but those kids were enthusiastic about it, and they wanted to help because one of their students, one of their friends, mm. is, a, is has a congenital heart defect, yeah. and just the way they were so enthusiastic about it, it was nuts. Like, it was probably one of the most heartwarming assemblies I've ever been to as a, mm-hmm. as a, and throughout my whole life. So. so, Christina, you've been on the ride since the beginning. <laughs> what are the goals for the organization five, ten years out? No, that's a great question. And, you know, just as our numbers continue to grow, right, there's babies born in Utah every day. So there's going to be with one in 100 born with some some sort of heart heart disease that – our numbers are going to keep growing. So we definitely are always looking for ways to serve those families. We're grateful we're kind of through the bulk of the pandemic restrictions so mm-hmm. that we can be back up to primary children's doing visits with the cardiology family-to-family programs, really connecting with them while they're in the hospital. 
Um, we actually are uh, got passed through the legislature a uh, congenital heart disease license plate. I saw that on your website. And That's really cool. We are still taking applications for that. We actually have all of the application fees covered by donations. Oh, that's great. So, but we need 500 applications turned in before the state of Utah will start printing those plates. Ah, okay. So we have the plate design, we have everything ready to go, and we need just over 100, 125 right in there more plate applications before we can get those ordered and printed. So that's a huge way to 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 help us out. There's an ongoing fee of 25 extra dollars a year to your registration, but like I said that initial yeah, application fee is covered, but that $25 then going to our organization yeah. times 500 can make all the difference for running an, a and number of our programs. doesn't need to be somebody that has a CHD no. in their family. Yeah. That's Anybody can do anyone that. Anyone yeah. can do that. That's open to anyone, and you can just click through our website for that and find the applications there and how to submit them. Um, we are looking, like Jessica said, to create more support in the areas that primary covers. So Idaho, St. George, I mean, there, there are families all over the place that come in to care here, yeah. you know, for their care here in Salt Lake City. So just reaching out to those. Um, we, in the past, uh, have done a Heroes of the Heart gala, so a big dress-up fancy night and mm-hmm. dinner and auction and entertainment and stuff. And, and we're looking to, to do that again next year, just waiting for the timing to be right. So we, you know, donations are always needed for yeah. the work that we do. And so some things like that. But we just want to find ways to support all these families in the community, in the hospital, uh, in their home, just wherever they're at as adults. They can offer adults with congenital heart defects can offer a lot of help and support to these newly diagnosed and these even the teens coming into their teens and learning to take care of their their self and their own medical stuff. These adults with with heart defects talking to these kids and helping them are, are a huge big help. So just making those connections, so making that transition between mom and dad managing your medical care to you as an adult right, managing yeah. your own medical care and, and kind of helping them through that process and. And just um, primaries, we're so grateful to have such a wonderful hospital close by with a lot of great surgeons and cardiologists looking out for our families. And we just want to know what we can do to support them to make our kids' lives better. Intermountainhealinghearts.org is the website. It's an amazing organization. We've been talking to President Alex Howard, Executive Director Christina Davis, and Vice President of Public Relations Jessica Christensen. Thank you so much for taking your time to come in and tell us about it, and thank you for the good you're doing in our community. Thank you for having thank us. You. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com. 